You're listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast, where you'll learn how you can use direct-to-fan marketing strategies to grow your fan base and generate income from your music with no record label, radio, airplay, touring, or press. And I'm your host, John Ojaka. All right, John Ojaka here, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. Uh, so today, I'm hoping to kind of kickstart a bit of a new series around here. We do these sort of unofficial series. Series is? What's the plural for series? That doesn't sound right. Series. <laughs> series is. Um, uh, here on the podcast, uh, we recently had one with Josh Solomon from The Empty Pockets, where he basically kind of walked us through an entire record release. Um, and what I wanted to do is I, I just kind of had this realization recently, which was that I tend to focus on the broad strategy that is music marketing manifesto. That is this sort of what I, I now kind of refer to as a deep sale funnel. And most of our episodes either have a guest or they focus on some aspect of that. But the reality is for a very long time, there've been a whole lot of sort of sub strategies and features and tools that um, I kind of take for granted. And um, I think ever since the launch of TunePipe, these have been more on my mind as I get a lot more direct feedback from uh, users of the platform that have questions about these, these strategies and tools. And I, and I've come to realize how little some people know about these things. So I've kind of broken them down into little chunks. And I want to spend a little bit of time just talking about some of these these things that, again, I think I take for granted, but are are pretty major. I'm talking about uh, various funnel strategies. You know, there, there's a lot more than just the deep sale funnel. There's uh, streaming funnels and uh, free for shipping and handling funnels. Um, when it comes to e-commerce, there are upsells and downsells and bump offers. And, you know, when it comes to advertising, there's video ads and image ads. And there's a lot to be said about each one of these things. And so that's kind of my goal for the next little bit here on the podcast is to kind of talk about some of these things. And we're going to be doing that today uh, where we're going to be talking about a very popular funnel strategy, which is the free for shipping and handling funnel. We're also going to be joined a, a little later by Kevin Getz. Uh, Kevin has been on the podcast before. He's a uh, music marketing manifesto um, student, if you will, a member of the Insider Circle and a TunePipe user who's done really well with this stuff. And uh, he has had a lot of success with free for shipping and handling funnels. So I'm going to talk a little bit about this strategy and what it is and how it works, how it's different from other funnel strategies. And then we're going to have him on to kind of talk about um, not only the success that he's had with the approach, but just kind of how he does it. You know, we're, he's going to walk us through everything um, that goes into one of his free for shipping and handling funnels. So um, he'll be joining us in a little bit. But first, I just kind of want to talk about free for shipping and handling funnels. What is this? What does this mean? And I realize our, our listeners spread the gamut in terms or run the gamut in terms of um, their experience levels. Some of you are running these funnels right now. Others have never even heard of a free for shipping and handling funnels. So others don't even know what a funnel is. So just to get our term straight, a funnel for anyone who's new to the podcast, new to marketing, um, it differs from a web 
site in that it is a collection of pages that are designed to solicit a specific response. I use this analogy a lot, but I, I see a website as being like, imagine a retail store with a lot of great stuff on the shelves, but just one clerk behind the uh, counter waiting for people to come up and give them or give him or her money. Whereas a funnel is like that same store with a salesperson that comes and greets people at the door, asks them what they're looking for, points them to something, tells them all about that product, um, and then gives them perhaps some kind of a sweet deal if they take action now. And and with a funnel, we create a series of uh, web pages and emails uh, and ads that all work together to walk that prospect through the different psychological states that are needed to turn them uh, or, or to convert them from a total stranger into a fan and ultimately into a customer. So that's what a funnel is. Um, at the core of what I'm all about and what MMM is is all about is something that I'm, I'm now calling for years. It was just the MMM style funnel. Um, but uh, now I refer to it as the deep sale funnel and, and I sort of needed a special way of referring to it as uh, my own scope and the scope of what I taught started to expand to incorporate other funnels. Um, and one of those very popular styles of funnels that, uh, and I suppose I haven't, I haven't actually even clarified what a, a, a deep sale funnel is that, that default funnel basically is a, a series of pages that it really focuses on building a relationship um, with a fan. I think some people refer to these perhaps as nurture sequences, but it's really all about uh, building a relationship with that fan and then eventually um, going in for that sale. That's why we call it a deep sale funnel. But it's really, one, it's about a sale. Two, it's about relationship first. A free for shipping and handling funnel differs quite a bit. Um, what we do with a deep sale, uh, or sorry, a free for shipping and handling funnel is that we uh, put an offer out there, sometimes to a warm audience, sometimes to a cold audience, where we offer a physical album, usually a CD, and I'll address your all the people that are going, nobody buys CDs anywhere. I'll address you guys in a second. Um, but uh, but we offer a, um, a CD and we offer it for free. So it's a physical CD that we're going to send to them. Maybe it's autographed, maybe not. That's up to you and how you ultimately deliver it. Um, but something that has this pretty high, you know, assumed value, 15, 20, 25 bucks, depending on where you are in the world. Um and we're gonna we're gonna send it to their doorstep for free, um, and then we do all the usual things on that page. So we lead with that offer, uh, a picture of the album, usually a big headline that tells them you know the, how we're gonna give them this great album um, for free, uh, and then we've got some supporting copy that explains who, more about who we are and what the album is and you know what we're offering, maybe some. Uh, testimonials from either uh, media or or fans, um, and again, usually another big call to action that that takes that person back to that order form. Um, and we usually create that order form in a couple of uh, steps. So the first step, and yes, we we do declare. Um, at least I recommend declaring that we are asking them to cover the shipping. The offer is something like. We want to send you our a physical copy of our latest album for free. Uh, 
and we will cover the costs of the manufacturing. We just ask that you, or we'll, we'll buy the album for you. We just ask that you cover the shipping. And uh, we do usually pad that with some handling. So there's shipping and handling. And you, how much you can justify charging for this really depends. And it requires testing. Uh, I see people charge anywhere from 4 to $9 for, for shipping and handling. And, and this still works really well as you get into some of those higher price points for the shipping and handling. Um, but it's, it's built based usually on the enticement of getting this physical item uh, sent to their doorstep. There's something attractive about that, um, that that pulls people in. But we, we usually stagger that form so it's a few steps. And even though it says that there, people kind of over tend to overlook it um, and begin that process. So they'll enter their name and email address, they'll click next, and then they go to the, the billing page where they then add their credit card information and uh, then they continue to, you know, complete their order. So we intentionally do a multi-step order form in most cases, uh, so that we can at the very least capture their name and email address if they don't complete the order. And you get a, a, a high rate, I, I want to say typically, but I've never seen a free for shipping and handling offer that didn't get a high rate of people not finishing that uh, or, or completing that order. You get a high rate of abandoned carts. Um, and we, at that point, we have two things happening. A percentage of people follow through with that order. They pay the shipping and handling, and then you need to send them a physical album. And then a, a, a large percentage of people uh, start and don't finish. And then you have another email campaign that goes out to the abandoned carts, uh, the people who have abandoned their cart, and tries to win them over. And um, I typically recommend doing, again, a bit of a deep sale style funnel there where we try to win them over by giving them more free music, building a relationship, maybe sharing a blog post or two, all the while asking them to, you know, complete their order and uh, make that purchase. In both cases, whether they take the order right away or they take it down the line, we then present them with an upsell. And this is where we make our money on an offer like this. This is a, it's a challenging offer to be profitable with right out of the gate. Um, but we you, let's say you're selling that album for 10 bucks uh, just to make the math easy we usually have a 3x upsell so now they're getting um propositioned by a 30 dollar offer like hey you want to complete the collection and get all of you know joe blow's music uh for for just 30 dollars which is 50 percent off the normal retail price um just simply click this button and then a big percentage of people will take you up on that offer um and uh, then there's usually even a downsell offer there for the people that maybe don't take that upsell, some kind of cheap and easy uh, upgrade on the album, maybe a, a signed lyric book or you know something else you that doesn't cost you a lot that you can easily add to the order um, that's easy to say yes to, you know, a four, five, six dollar offer just to help make back some of the money you're likely spending on ads. And we do that in both cases. And then, of course, you need to keep following up with these customers for years to come to generate more revenue. And, and that, in a nutshell, is how a free for shipping and handling offer works. Now, we drive traffic to an offer like that, usually with ads. Um, often in a, in a situation like this, a video ad will work well. I do a lot with image and text. And that is um, when I'm trying to get leads, I have a lot more success with uh, image and uh, text, which goes against a lot of conventional wisdom. I'll probably need to make my own 
episode on that at some point. Um, but the the video ad, because this offer requires somebody to pull out a credit card, we do typically need to uh, do a little pre-selling here. And so a video ad can work really well for something like this. So they're already exposed to the music. They already theoretically like what they heard. If they're clicking over to an offer like this, um, you're flashing all this um, critical acclaim at them through your reviews and perhaps your headline. Uh, and you want to send them something of high value, high perceived value for free. All they need to do is shell out a couple of bucks. And then once they're in, Again, we're presenting them with that upsell that's hard to refuse because it's such a good deal. And then the downsell and, you know, we're really upping the the average customer value with that upsell and that downsell. And again, any potential follow up uh, customers so that we can afford to use advertising to uh, to drive those leads, to drive those customers in. What is so powerful about this approach is that the the quality of leads that you're getting is so much higher than the typical offer because every single person has pulled out a credit card. That's not technically true. There are the people that abandon cards. So the abandoned carts haven't pulled out a credit card, but the leads that you're optimizing for inside of uh, Facebook or Meta, um, the, the conversion goal that you're setting is someone who takes that free uh, uh, sorry, the free for shipping handling offer. So no more bots, no low quality leads, no tire kickers, just customers basically. Um, and sometimes we have to do this as a loss leader. Sometimes we, even with the upsells and the downsells, can't quite make our money back um, on uh, the, the sort of uh, customer acquisition, if you will. Um, very often we do, but sometimes we don't. And that's still okay because we're getting such high quality leads. Um, and w uh, remember, we're going to market to these people for years to come. And there's a very a much higher than average chance that they're going to take you up on future offers because now they've got this high value item sitting on their desk at home. They've had a much richer experience with you. Um, and that, that results in a much higher customer value in the long run than going the more traditional approach. Um, so once again, on that overview, we're using usually ads. You can go to your existing audience as well, of course, with an offer like this, but we're using ads to drive leads to a sales page that asks people to uh, sign up or, or to, to pay a few dollars in shipping to get a free album sent to their doorstep. We're upselling these people, we're downselling these people, and we're following up with these people to keep that relationship going and to keep those purchases coming in over the long haul. And because of the way Facebook's algorithm works, remember, when, when we tell Facebook we want um, customers or leads, what happens is those first let's talk about leads for a second those let's say we're optimizing for leads those first few leads that come in facebook immediately starts looking for patterns in their accounts and then uh refines your audience to reflect the patterns in those conversions that you've gotten so far and it further and further and further refines um that audience 
as more and more and more leads come in. Now, if you start getting low quality leads and unfortunately bots and click farms very commonly uh, land in that audience um, because they're the lowest hanging fruit with no resistance whatsoever, you can effectively, without meaning to, be asking Facebook to clone this low quality audience and send you more low quality leads. But that doesn't happen when you are optimizing for uh, for customers, no bots, no low quality leads, pull out credit cards. And, and so when you get on the winning side of that, um, equation, you really have the potential to scale up and grow in a very fast and powerful way. Um, so I, I don't usually tell people to start with an offer like this. I think this is a a harder kind of funnel or harder offer to pull off. Um, but it is one that uh, I think that a marketer who's gained a little bit of experience communicating with their list and driving some ads should probably experiment with. Um, it's one that it's a funnel strategy that I think has a higher failure rate than something like a deep sale funnel but when it succeeds it's it's the the success is more bountiful than um uh, the deep sale approach if that makes any sense so it, it's one that it's a funnel strategy that i absolutely love and i've seen uh, a lot of people have success with it you you've heard um a few of them here on this podcast. Um, but again, it is a it is a riskier one. It's a harder one to pull off. If someone's struggling with the deep sale funnel, um, really struggling, and then they switch to that, they're probably going to do even worse. But if someone's doing pretty well with a deep sale funnel, um, but maybe just not making as much money as quickly as they would like, the free for shipping and handling funnel might be the way to get unstuck. So um, it doesn't matter how you go about setting one of these up. Uh, you know, I've talked about it here before. I have a platform called Toompipe, which is a funnel builder. And within our funnel strategies, we have a free for shipping and handling funnel. So the way that would work if you ever wanted to create one is you'd go to Toompipe, you'd um, click add funnel, you'd click a template, you'd click a funnel strategy, uh, and you'd, you'd click publish and you'd have the entire uh, free for shipping and handling funnel uh, built for you. You need to go in and add your products, of course, and tweak some copy. Um, and then you go into your email marketing tool and you configure the emails. Uh, depending on the funnel, we've got pre-written emails for you um, that you then you know need to tweak a little bit uh, to add the specifics of, of your music, identity, and career. But it, it it's a pretty quick and painless way of setting these up. But if you're working with another platform, you know, some other website builder, you can still very easily do this. You'll just be building those pages from scratch using the same principles that, you know, I just spoke about. So I hope that that I hope you guys are tracking with me so far and all of that made sense. Again, I know there are some newbie music marketers here that might be going, wait, what's a funnel <laughs> at this stage? But um, but if you've had any experience with this, then 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 hopefully, you know, that that should have clicked. I'm 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 banking on that. Um, 
But in case it didn't, um, or more likely you, you just want to hear more about this and hear about some of the specifics, you want me to color those details in a little bit, that's where Kevin's going to come in and he's going to talk about exactly what he and his band do uh, and the success they've had, which is pretty impressive um, with free for shipping and handling funnels. So I'm going to I'm going to take a, a, a quick break. Um, and when we return, we'll be talking uh, to uh, Kevin Getz from Mute Profit about free for shipping and handling funnels. All right, back in a sec. Hi, this is John Ojaka. I'm a former Interscope and Warner Brothers recording artist who gave up on the major label rat race and began pursuing direct-to-fan marketing strategies back in 2007. The techniques I developed worked so well that they helped my very first client set the all-time single-day sales record at CD Baby and land a position on the Billboard charts. In 2009, I launched Music Marketing Manifesto and began sharing my music marketing strategies with others. Since then, my programs have helped thousands of musicians learn how to successfully market their music, many of which have landed on various Billboard, Amazon, and iTunes sales charts, land Grammy nominations, and countless others have used my strategies to generate enough revenue to finally give up their day jobs and dedicate their lives to making music. So, if you're a musician and you need help growing your fan base or generating more revenue from your music, then MusicMarketingManifesto.com can help. My flagship program, Music Marketing Manifesto, is currently in its fifth edition and it will teach you how to build and promote an automated marketing funnel for your music. In the insider circle is my private mastermind group which offers monthly training lessons, weekly coaching calls, a mastermind community, and over 100 music marketing mini courses. I also offer one-on-one -on -one consulting for musicians who need personal guidance or help with any aspect of their marketing. To learn more, go to musicmarketingmanifesto.com and click on products and services in the main menu. Once more, that's musicmarketingmanifesto.com. All right, on the line with me is Kevin Getz from Mute Profit. How's it going, Kevin? Going pretty good. How are you? Yeah, no, not bad at all. So let's talk about free for shipping and handling funnels. You 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 heard my sort of whatever talk there um, before before you came on. Um, what's your perspective? Did I leave anything out? Did that all make sense? Do you think I covered it? Is there anything you have to add about so that people can really understand what a free for shipping and handling funnel is? Um, I think you covered it pretty well. I, I don't know that I have a whole lot to add in terms of the descriptors of what this funnel is and how it works. I, I think you nailed it there. Got it. Okay. Well, let's, um, let's get to the, some of the good stuff first then. So people so sure, understand sure. that, you know, what you're talking about before we get into the, you know, the how, what, when, and where kind of stuff, but, but just talk about results. How, how are, what kind of results are you getting you and your band getting with free for shipping and handling funnels? We are selling between 30 and 40 CDs a day, right. which is a lot. Uh, really we did is. the deep sale thing for a while before that. But it, even that doing well never got close to that number. Right. And you've been doing this for a while. How many uh, you know, free CDs have you sold? <laughs> um, so I actually just checked. Uh, we are up over 4,000. Wow, 4,000. I mean, you know how, you know, I mean, of course you do. But, you know, so few indie artists ever sell 4,000 albums. And is this all the same album out of curiosity? Well, 
yeah so actually i realized i should clarify uh four thousand just in tunepipe oh, i was wow. using shopify before i switched to tunepipe i'm sure there were more than that but um yeah so the free cd is one thing and then if i'm counting the upsells could very easily be past 10,000. Wow. Total CDs. Wow. Wow. Um, that's, that's incredible. So, so right. Do we, do, should we talk a little bit about that? Like Shopify versus TunePipe? You know, I, I want to stay sort yeah, of ne sure. neutral here. Cause again, you know, I own TunePipe. So full disclosure there, but, but you, you were <laughs> doing this, um, outside of TunePipe. TunePipe's a new platform. You kind of somewhat recently switched over um, what were the pros and cons, and we're not here to pick on Shopify. It's a great platform. Um, it's a different platform that serves a different purpose than than TunePipe does. Um, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, again, I used Shopify for a long time. I have no bad things to say about them, but the, the thing that I found really great about TunePipe is that everything was integrated under one platform. Right. So with Shopify, in order to have the one-click upsell, which is essential to make this work for the free for shipping and handling offer it was i was paying i think at one point over 200 dollars a month just for the upsell plugin wow just for one because plugin? It, it's yeah yeah so it, it scales based off of how much money you're generating with it mm -hmm. i see so the more money you bring in the more they charge you and oh, right. i was at a certain price tier where it was like 250 a month at least which gotcha. was a lot that yeah Gotcha. And I, I've never really been, other than a tire kicker, I've never been a Shopify user. Do they, um, uh, they charge processing fees on top of the, their monthly fee? How does that yes. Work? Yes, they do. Right. Right. So just in our, in our, <laughs> in our defense or not defense, but you know, just a, just a little, I don't know, uh, try to convince everyone how great I think TunePipe is. We don't take any, <laughs> any, uh, any, we don't charge any processing fees. You, you're, credit card processor that you you click a button and integrate with TunePipe will charge you whatever they do which is usually around three percent but we don't t we don't tack anything on top of that and you get this uh, one click up sell and down sell um uh, and bump offer and a million other tools um you know as part of your pretty low fee which uh, they start at 19 bucks most people get the funnel plan which starts at 27 bucks currently so um anyway but uh, again trying to i'm trying to stay agnostic here I, I i genuinely love the platform and excited about it and think everyone in the world should use it but uh, i don't want this to be a, a tune pipe um you know whatever sales pitch was there any other differences aside from price did it function the same um well like creating um, it outside of the tune pipe platform well, creation with TunePipe is a lot faster, obviously, because the other issue that I ran into was I was using WordPress for the site hosting because Shopify is not the easiest thing to make look good. Right, um, right. So with TunePipe, obviously, the visual fidelity is so much higher and the drag and drop editor is so much easier to use that, yeah, I mean, I was able to set the TunePipe version up in a matter of hours, whereas Shopify plus WordPress took me a matter of weeks i want to say right right cool that's really fantastic to hear so let's talk about um okay so so after a few years of doing how many how many how long has it been you, you said possibly as high as ten thousand of these like it, but you were with shopify for a while so how long have you been running um the the, the strategy um I'm trying to think i i know i switched over to TunePipe within like a week or two of it being available to use because right. i had tested a little bit before that um i want to say i was doing it in shopify for maybe six months prior to that 
So however long Toonpipe's been out plus six months. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. Okay. So um, let's talk about what this looks like for the user. So when you're driving traffic with, let's actually start at that very beginning of this experience. Um, and, and you're comfortable sharing all the stuff, uh, all the details. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. So you're using Facebook and Instagram ads, presumably. Mm -hmm. And is it just Facebook or are you using both? Well, I'm running it in Instagram too, but as you probably know, it tends to allocate the budget toward Facebook because it's more cost effective that yeah, way. Yeah, for sure. Um, and what kind of ad, like describe the ad, what do, what do people see? Well, so that's the first kind of counterintuitive thing that I haven't seen anyone else talk about running this strategy. Um, what I always start by doing is not to get too in the weeds right off the bat, but dynamic creative. Mm -hmm. uh, so dynamic creative for Facebook. yeah oh sorry no I, I yeah i didn't know if you were gonna explain it or not I, I can explain it or if you want to explain it you can no no <laughs> go for it sure so basically for anyone who doesn't know how this works when you set up an ad in facebook you can select an option called dynamic creative which lets you pick five to ten different images or videos as well as combinations of texts headlines etc and facebook will decide you know the algorithm will decide like well i think this image works better so let's put more money into this until you land on something stable. And the weird experience I first had when doing this was that I put videos and images against each other and nine times out of 10, it decided images were still better for a free for shipping and handling offer, yeah, which is really counterintuitive because you'd think they would need to like see a music video and hear the music before they're willing to spend money on it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That is <laughs> surprising. <laughs> Do you have a video um, on, I, we're I, getting ahead, but do you have a video on the sales page? Uh, nope, there's oh. nothing on the sales page. It's e just basically a deep sales uh, style squeeze page, but it's a sale. I hope I, I hope I can do something with audio magic to edit this out. I'm getting suddenly a downpour of very loud rain coming through. I'm sure you can hear that. So <laughs> I, I, yeah, I heard that. I've got some new fancy AI audio editing um, that might just be able to take, you know, take care of that but if if not my apologies to everyone for the for this rainstorm that is just really coming down very loud and heavy all of a sudden um so i think you know we we haven't talked about your band which we probably should but you are a metal artist a symphonic metal artist and my observation yep. there would be this is something a little bit unique to your genre where there is a very high degree of collector mentality um in the you know, I've heard metal bands say, you know, <laughs> fans will buy anything with a with a logo on it kind of a thing about metal. So I think that <laughs> I, th I think that might be part of um, why that image and text is is working. And the fact that you've been a student of copywriting now for a while. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't I I'm like you said, I've not heard that to be a common um, part of a successful free for shipping and handling offer. I definitely have that experience with finally that rain is letting off but i've definitely had that experience when trying to drive leads that image and text works better for me um i would i would also expect video to perform better but that's really fascinating to hear that it's not so it it just points out what we're always talking about here you really always need to test um lead with your intuition but don't trust that yeah well and and one thing you might find interesting uh the click-through rate on an ad with an image is half the cost of the click-through rate of an ad with a video. 
Yeah. However, once they've clicked over to the sales page, the conversion rate on the video ad is higher. Yes, that that I would that I would absolutely expect because they're pre-qualified for sure. Yep. Um, yeah. But but I, I, anyway, we're talking about leads now. We're getting actually off 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 yeah, topic. Yeah. So let's <laughs> let's um, let's get back. So okay, so the Facebook ad, you've got text and an image. You want to give us a quick explanation of the kind of ad someone might see? I know you're changing it all the time. So you know, like what yeah, do they see yeah. in the image? What kind of text might you use? Mm -hmm. So on average, um, and it may well be a video as well, but this whether it's an image or a video, the image would just be the band yeah. in a cool pose or with a cool background just you know band pick um the headline will almost always be free cd exclamation mark <laughs> something to that effect nothing fancy there and then the text in the ad is usually just like a, a quote of some sort you know from a publication describing the music uh it's pretty basic stuff if, sure. you, if anyone's familiar with what we usually do here sure Okay. Um, and what does, so, and, and you don't have to tell us your targeting selections, but what kind of targeting might you use? Are you using pretty exclusively lookalike audiences? Are you doing specific interest targeting? Is it all over the charts? Like what, what, what kind of targeting um, parameters I'd, might, might one expect to need to be shooting for? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen relatively equivalent success with interest targeting or lookalikes or even broad targeting. Interesting. Uh, um, just no interests at all. Right, right. It seems like it, it may be the case that while the campaign is learning, it gets there a little bit quicker with lookalikes compared to broad targeting. But mm -hmm. if it survives the learning phase, broad targeting will do just as well. Yeah, I've heard that a few times. It is it is um, quite interesting where no targeting whatsoever is just working really well for people. Um, but that, that probably wouldn't be what I'd consider to be best advice. <laughs> but, you know, you probably... Yeah, so I, I think, <laughs> You should try to. I think I can get away with it because my pixel is very seasoned at yeah, this point. I've yeah, been doing that's probably good ads in general for like seven years or something like that. So it, sure. it has a lot to go off of. Totally, totally. Um, okay, so so and yeah, I don't know if you're finding this, but I I've been I've done a sort of one eight, not not an extreme one eighty, but whereas initially it was all you know uh, specific interest targeting, and then it, it went to all uh, almost exclusively lookalike targeting. I'm I'm definitely circling back to interest targeting, and quite often it's outperforming the lookalikes again. I I suppose after the iOS fourteen stuff, but lookalikes still work for me. Um, it's just not quite as um, you know, black, it's not as, as black and white. It's not as much of a sure thing as it used to be. Yeah. I can't tell if that's because, so what I'll see is interest is like on par with lookalikes. I haven't seen interest outperform lookalikes yet. Hmm. Um, well, I, I think what's happening I is suppose that's true right? in the sense, sorry to cut you off there. I suppose that's true in the sense that I'm not getting cheaper, uh, leads with one over the other, but I'm, you know, we all have these sort of false start failed campaigns. You know, there's a lot mm -hmm. of those usually for me, like, oh, I've, you know, that one fails, that one fails, that one fails. Okay, it's working. And then that one fails, that one. Okay, now this one's working. Uh, yeah, it, absolutely. It, it, the ones that work used to always be uh, lookalikes. And now it's probably 50-50 for me. Like sometimes the, the ones that stick, you know, when something fails, I just try something else. So if the last thing I tried was a lookalike, I'll probably go to an interest targeting. Um, and vice versa. And and I'm having a nearly, and this is more just a sort of a, a ballpark observation, but it feels as though it's about 50-50 in terms of, you know, what is working. 
That's really interesting. Yeah, I've seen something similar to that. Definitely. Gotcha. Okay, so so you're targeting um, uh, lookalikes, and I guess again the quick uh, quick definition of a lookalike is when uh, you basically take a group of people. You can upload uh, customers. You could take people who've watched a percentage of a video, and then you clone that audience. You create a custom audience based of those people, and then you tell Facebook, hey, I want to clone this audience. I want to make a lookalike, take all the behavior that you see in this group of people, and then apply it to a much larger segment across all of a specific country inside of um, Facebook uh, and Instagram. So that's kind of what a lookalike audience is. So you're using both at different times and you're creating an ad that has a picture or video and a pretty ba- pretty straightforward line offering a free CD from that band. People, You don't mention the shipping and handling, correct, in, in the text? In the um, ad? I'm sure I have a couple ads out there with text that do, but but typically the current not. ones that I'm running don't. Yeah. yeah. So then they go to a landing page and describe what they'll see on that landing page. Well, they'll see another picture of the band. Uh, and then there's a big headline. It's just get a free CD sent right to your door. I think it's literally just the tune pipe template mm-hmm. text for the headline. Um, Got it. And there's a buy button. And then it goes into, like you said earlier, like the social proof and all that. And out of curiosity, yeah. are you using an embedded checkout form or using a buy now button and a pop-up with a checkout form on it? Um, so I was using a pop-up and that was doing well. That outperformed the embedded checkout. Yeah. But what outperforms both is having a separate page that's just an embedded checkout form. Got it. So you go to, rather than, a, to rather than a pop-up, you just go to a, a checkout page. Mm-hmm. And I suspect that that has to do with maybe pop-up blockers being default on some mobile devices, but I'm not 100% sure there. Yeah, I have not seen any issues with the pop-up blockers and the checkout form, like zero, not a single mm-hmm. report of it. Um, and I don't believe that to be an issue, but it's, it, it's an interesting thought. I think I, I, I suspect it's probably a little more, this is a funny thing to say, but it's like there's something a little... Um, not startling about about uh, a, a pop-up, but you're kind of not expecting it to sort of happen. You're almost like not ready for it. You're sort of just wanting to kind of proceed and look at the fine print and the price and what does it cost after shipping. And I think I, I think that that sort of that sort of unexpected. Okay, give your credit card info now kind of experience with a with a pop-up may be that thing that causes just a. It doesn't scare people off so much, but they weren't as ready to take the next step as a person who is sort yeah. of advancing to a checkout page. I don't know. I don't know if that even makes yeah. sense actually, because in many respects, the fundamentals are identical. So I don't know why that would, why that would be, but that small little window, as opposed to the bigger window that gives you kind of a better chance of taking it all in and deciding like you may find that on a per visitor basis, you have the same number of conversions, but you may find that you're getting people backstepping a little bit more on the on the pop ups, causing it to appear out of sync. I don't I don't know. I'm just I'm just guessing because it's it's interesting and, and you it's counterintuitive to what makes sort of logical yeah. sense because they're the same thing. Effectively, they, they just have slightly different dimensions, really. <laughs> yeah. I, and with a with a with a pop up, it's as simple as clicking an X to close it, and you don't really have that. You know, obviously you can hit back back 
uh, step or whatever in your browser if going to a checkout page, but th there's a less sort of psychologically tempting reason to close the page, if that makes any sense. So it just it, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it makes us. But but I but I wouldn't expect you to lose more customers because you use the pop up. I just think the stats might indicate that the other was performing better because it was performing in more immediately and with with less. Let me close the window. Now let me reopen the window, you know, kind of kind of experiences. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like what I did was I, yeah, I may have actually talked to you about this at the time. I, I can't recall, but I, I think I actually took the number of conversions and matched, like according to TunePipe, and matched that against the number of actual sales logged on the form. Mm -hmm. And that was actually higher per visitor for the checkout page than the, than the pop-up. Oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I'd have to do yeah. do a deep dive into that. I don't, I don't really know what could be going on there, but... Um, you know, we often don't when it comes to split testing, which is why it's so important. So, okay, that's that's good to hear. So again, just to recap, because I've taken us off track again, we've got the headline, we've got uh, the um, a little bit of text and a, a buy now button. Um, we've got an image of the album, presumably. I actually don't do an album image. Oh, really? I did for a little while, but I actually found that just more pics of the band seem to perform better. Interesting. Great. Great. Um, okay. And would you use language? Is it buy now? Is it get your free CD? You know, what's your what's your, the the call to action on the button? Um, hold on. Let me pull that up really quick, just sure. so I'm sure. Okay, so I actually have two. There's one above the fold and one at the bottom of the page. Mm -hmm. The one above the fold just says, get yours here, exclamation mark. And the one at the bottom of the page says, send me a free album now, exclamation Got mark. Got it. Okay, cool. So so that's that's worth testing. Um, for anybody interested in trying this, um, sometimes those that language actually you know can, can give something a nice statistical bump. Um, and then what about the rest of the page? You, you use that sort of four paragraph kind of structure to educate people a little bit more if they want to keep reading. Do you use testimonials? If so, what kind? Yep. Uh, so since I have it in front of me, uh, once you go below the fold, there's what others are saying about us. And then there's the three publication quotes standard. Mm -hmm. Below that, I actually have three more uh, that are comments from Facebook from people who've taken this offer before. Mm -hmm. Then another band pick. And then we go into the four paragraph structure followed by the second buy button. Gotcha. So you lead with testimonials and reviews over over um, uh, more text, basically more instruction. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. That's, yeah, I found that that does better. That's real interesting. Um, okay. And um, uh, that's is there anything else we should know about it? Uh, oh, I should also mention I do have a countdown timer at the top above gotcha. the headline. Yeah, those are those are, I think, pretty important. How long do you set that for? That's always an interesting one. Uh, hold on, let me refresh the page. It, there's some uh, specificity with the number of seconds. It doesn't start exactly at it, right. but it's roughly 47 minutes. 47 minutes. Yeah, there's there's. Uh, and I know I don't really have a right answer on, on that. I'm not split tested that one. Uh, I just usually put it probably I, 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 well, I 
bop around a little bit. Like sometimes I go to 19 minutes. Sometimes I go to um, like, you know, just under a half an hour. Uh, have you split tested that? A little bit. I've done half an hour, one hour, 47 minutes and 27 minutes. Mm -hmm. I want to say just because there's some weird magic with numbers that end in seven. Sure. Totally. <laughs> um, and 47 seemed to do best. So I'm sticking with it for now, but I may do more tests in the future. Cool. Cool. So again, anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, you can very easily add um, with multiple platforms, you know, you can add a, a countdown timer on a page and it's set to do something when that clock is over. Usually we use these for limited time offers. We might set them to expire after three days um, with something like this. I suspect you're probably having it just reset. Are you are you actually um, expiring the offer for people or what, what are you doing when that runs out? I think think that this one resets per page view gotcha um i was having it expire for a while but I, I can't remember why i made the decision to stop doing that but i had some data-driven reason for it whatever it was gotcha so the the so you've got this you've got the headline you got the countdown timer really pushing that urgency a picture of the band a button um a bunch of testimonials sounds like you're leaning pretty heavy into those like they're a big part of the equation of of what sells this offer um some supporting text and then another buy now button in both cases they go over to a page with a checkout form in it um i should add all of this terminology like these these uh countdown timers that's a widget inside of ToonPipe. um again if you're on wordpress or something like that there's there are plugins out there uh, last one i knew about was paid i don't know if there are free ones there may be um but uh, you know the good ones usually cost a few bucks um and uh the checkout widget is also uh or sorry the checkout form is also a widget and you just kind of connect it with your payment processor in the system and that just takes over and does everything for you um are you let's talk about that form are you using multi-step or using a, a single step what what's your checkout form like uh so i have it in two steps but i don't have the um connected you know the email thing i did for a while but i found that it actually wasn't making a ton of difference for me it was like the people that would abandon cart just would never see the follow-up emails i was sending them it was the lowest open rates i've ever gotten interesting interesting um well and you're talking the older the, the old school uh tune pipe abandoned cart um system because i don't i don't know if you've yeah. seen it there's a new feature there's a new build yeah i i did also yeah i tested the native abandoned cart as well uh that was a little better. I don't. I don't have that. In front it's of me, not though. specifically designed. It's a. It's like a little more effective for other kinds of offers. Um, but it's still a great thing to have in place. Um, there, there are multiple yeah. ways that you can set this up. And I don't want to like get too deep into the weeds, but you can set up sort of a false first tier if you want to do it. What What was the original way when we didn't have a actually. Sorry. Hold on, sorry, not yeah. to cut you off, but mm -hmm. I'm wrong. I just pulled it up, and the native TunePipe one is way better than what I got with an Aweber integration. Oh, awesome! What what is it doing for you? Like how Damn. many how many people uh, are you winning back? Fifty percent open rate on the first recovery email. Wow, that's, that's crazy high. I was seeing like twenty five percent on the Aweber version. I'm not looking at it right now, so I can't exactly remember the layout. But the and your stored. Uh, dash you should be able to see like what the percentage of people that have actually taken the offer eventually um, uh, uh, is do you see that stat there oh yeah I see it that 
is still under 2%, right, but so. still long-term, even 1.5% makes some difference in terms of, hey, you know. You know, it's, a, it's, an, it's an extra two sales per 100 people, you know, that would have yeah, that's not, in a previous system just disappeared. So that's, that's exactly that's yeah. still, you know, not not bad. Um, but yeah. but and again, I think you kind of touched on this with this kind of offer. If people if people are abandoning the cart, you know, they're really. It's what am I trying to say in a if someone, let's say, is browsing on your website or goes to a store, they're in a deep sale funnel and they're considering buying, but they just haven't yet. I would expect to see a much higher um, conversion rate on the abandoned carts, you know, 10, 20 kind of percent. But I think something like mm -hmm. this, there's if that commitment level is very low and they are they purely they you know, we have this phenomenon a lot where people miss that print that says we're going to ask them for to cover shipping. And so they're just going, oh, free CD. Sure. I'll do, oh, you want money? Oh, never mind. And that person's in a lot of instances, they're just sort of gone um, because they were never yeah. going to pull anything out, uh, you know, pull the credit card out. That is. Um, and uh, so anyway, so I think you're I, I would expect a lower conversion rate on an offer like this. But it's still nice to see that you are getting one. Um, all right. Uh, then what? So, so, and actually, what percentage of people are taking you up on this offer overall? Like, you know, those clicks coming over from Facebook, everything combined. Everything combined. Just the, um, just the initial offer, you know, meaning the, the abandoned carts and everything else. Let me pull that up super quick. Kevin. It is roughly 10%. 10%. Okay, that's pretty pretty darn good. Um, we talk about conversion rates um, being on average with a lot of these kinds of offers between 4 and 6%. They do get up around 10%, but that's kind of the ceiling um, on what we see. I have seen higher, but that's, that's you know, with any, any kind of statistical normality, I see that as kind of the ceiling. And I think that's a real testament to just how much split testing you've done over the years sort of suggests to me that you've maxed out what's, what's reasonably possible um, for what you're doing, which is fantastic. So 10% of, so you send 100 people to your page, about 10 of them are taking you up on this. And what are you charging for, for the shipping and handling? So the shipping and handling is seven ninety five. Right. So that's interesting. Talk about that a little bit and the mindset that probably go, went into that. How you, I, I'm guessing you started off smaller and raised your prices. I actually landed directly on seven ninety five because with all the costs associated with shipping out a CD, that gives me one dollar of profit, roughly. Seven ninety five. So for a lot of people, that probably strike them as like, wow, that's a lot for shipping and handling on a, on a CD. What is the going actual shipping cost these days in the U.S.? Um, I'm for those who don't know, I live outside of the U.S., so I'm not really up to speed. It's about four bucks. It's four to five, depending on which state you're in. For some reason, but right, yeah. right. So if it's that expensive, then then I guess seven ninety five is really not too difficult to to justify, but. Um, but uh, did you do any testing to get there? Did you start lower and come up or, or how did you get there? Uh, so the way I landed on 795 in particular was I just kind of deducted all the associated costs with shipping just one CD out uh, per mm. 
customer and 795 is where we are to have one dollar of padding per sale made any less than that we would likely be losing money to like the processing fees and things like that gotcha and I don't want to get too deep into the weeds of the math because we haven't talked about upsells and all that yet. But what is it costing you per? Uh, sorry, uh, what is it costing you? Yeah, per per lead. Per lead. Yeah. Um, lead meaning a person who so, has bought one of these. Yeah. yeah. Free for shipping and handling offers. Or the so that is somewhere between two fifty and three fifty. Okay. Per person. So you spend three hundred and fifty dollars to drive 100 uh, or up to $350 to drive 100 people to take this offer. Um, from that 100 at uh, $8, uh, you're making, uh, well, 800 or $795. Um, but obviously you have to ship a, a, a CD and make that CD. And so you're saying that, so what was the math there? If it's 350, so so you can do four, four, so we're uh, we're basically you, making back 100 on that 350. Right, gotcha. So um, it's, it's a, still a loss of 250 there, but uh, yeah, the magic well, is in the upsells. Um, right. Okay. So so sorry, I actually didn't follow all of that math. Um, you're spending 350 dollars to make 795 dollars, um, but the cost of making that CD and shipping it is is such that you're losing. Hundred dollars. I, I missed something there because you said you had a dollar of padding, but yeah, that's so, that's after the upsells. Sorry. Is that right? No, no, no. I, no, I worded this badly. Okay. So let's say that spend three hundred fifty dollars to drive hundred people to buy one CD. None of them take the upsell. Right. We will still make back one hundred dollars off of that three fifty. So it's only spending two fifty, but um, it's still a loss. Does that make sense? No, um, no. <laughs> Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm con conscious of not wanting to bore people with us working out math, but I do think it's probably important for people to understand this. So $795 would come in. You've spent $350. That leaves uh, uh, $350 in profit, but you're going to have to buy, you know, manufacture and ship a CD uh, for that. And you can't do that for $3.50. Fifty cents. You're you're spending how much to yeah. do that? I believe the total cost of sending out the thing and shipping it and manufacturing and everything comes out to exactly six ninety five, which is why the seven ninety five works the way it does. I see. That's where your dollar of padding is. I get it. So yeah, yeah. So we take we take the six. So it's <laughs> sorry, folks. Um, but uh, but we, we've we've spent 350 so far on on up to 350 on the advertising we've spent 695 dollars on the manufacturing and shipping of the cd so now we're dealing with um 145 i sorry 1045 dollars out um and you've made 795 in so yes you're $250 lost so far or $2.50 lost per order. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So cool. Mm -hmm. We're all on the same page with the math. Now, before we even get to where you turn that into profit, you are doing complete drop shipping approach to this using Kunaki, correct? That is correct. Yeah. So if you wanted to ship these out yourself, you and, and do bulk manufacturing, you could probably um, squeeze a bit more profit 
out of this, but you choose to do it through Kunaki. If anyone doesn't know, Kunaki is a pretty handy uh, drop shipping service for musicians. You can go and make a whole bunch of orders, simply upload it. Like you, you, you'd sell it from your site, you upload it once a day or once a week or whatever schedule you're on, upload all your orders and they take care of everything for you. You just go just like you know, a Printify or something like that. You upload your artwork and the MP3s um, or WAV files or whatever you're doing. And uh, they ship it for you. They send these nice generic receipts, um, you know, so there's no com confusing branding or anything like that. And they take care of everything. You want to talk us, uh, but but they charge, like um, Kevin said, around, uh, it sounds like $6.95 per CD based on your choices. You can do different types of packaging and quality and all these kinds of things. And each country has a, a different price and these sort of things. But you want to talk about why you chose to do that as opposed to just doing it yourself and making a few bucks more? Yeah, a lot of it was just a time saver. Um, you know, again, we're doing 30 to 40 orders a day. And yeah. I can't imagine the nightmare of handling all of that, just going to the post office every single day to yeah. ship out 30 totally. to 40 CDs myself, you know? It's hours a day. I used to do some shipping, yeah. not not around music, but um, with other products where it was high volume every day. And yeah, it's it's a nightmare. So I can definitely see, you know, a dollar more, $2 more even, let's say it was two bucks savings. I don't think it's that much, but two bucks savings times 30 to 60 bucks a day to not have to deal with it um, is, is money well spent for, for most. So he uses yeah. Kunaki. Um, well, we could maybe talk about fulfillment in a, a bit more in a minute, but so so now you've, you've paid this money to get all these really value, high value customers effectively, but you've lost $2.50 on each one. So what happens next after that person order? So, yeah. So, well, should we talk about the upsells first? Or I also have like a email nurturing sequence to also get more profit that way. Well, those would be the people that passed though, correct? Um, I actually send, it's it's a different nurturing sequence than what you're probably thinking. And that, I'll, I'll send that to everyone. People who buy just the CD, people who take the upsell, everybody gets it. Well, I I, if, I, I guess the way my mind works, let's, st let's stick with the timeline because that person, you know, the offer has just taken place. The upsells, okay. uh, I, unless it makes more sense to, to you to explain it a different way, I, I suppose I should leave it in your hands. No, no, it's, it's they're both equally important in... <laughs> Actually, I would say the upsell is the most important thing. So how about we start there? Sure. Okay. So what happens? Um, a person orders and then so, they click, yeah, you they, know, they complete order. They order the CD. They put in their info. They confirm everything. And they're immediately taken to a page. Um, I actually have two variations of it using the TunePipe A-B testing thing. Mm -hmm. uh, one gives them the option of buying two additional CDs for $12. The other is three additional CDs for 18 Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I can't possibly explain having both up alternating makes more money than committing to one or the other. That doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I don't know how that works. I couldn't begin to tell you, but that I, I've run like months long tests of that. And that's always how it plays out. I think you're dealing. It's got, I cannot see any logic as to why that would be. That feels like, um, that feels like, <laughs> that feels like a, a false a false, uh, you know, like, like a statistical insignificant, like some yeah, kind of, I, what, what am I trying to say there? Uh, like you haven't achieved true statistical significance. I don't know. It, it's really, <laughs> the only thing I could figure is like, 
there's like some user psychology there where some people don't want to spend more and it's just getting lucky and catching the people that each offer would appeal to at the right time. I have no idea. There's no luck in this process. You understand that. So I don't know. I'm I'm putting, I'm putting my vote in for this is just, uh, it looks like statistical significance when it's not, but who knows? Okay. So you keep that test running and, and that is, that is, that's working for you. Um, and, Mm -hmm. and so about half the people are taking your upsell for, I'm sorry, what did you say about 1295? Either $12 or, uh, $18 depending on which offer they got. So you're averaging out at, uh, about 14 to 50. Is that, did I do that right? 15 about. Yeah. 15 bucks. So, okay. And what, what percentage of people take you up on this upsell? think so the $12 one is almost exactly 50% I remember that mm-hmm. the $18 one is closer to 40 wow those are very high upsell uh, rates but I want people to hear that because I think a lot of people um don't realize how important this upsell is like that 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 in either case either half or nearly half of the people to buy or uh, to take this free offer effectively are willing to spend more money when you ask them and h- how do you pitch that how do you how do you proposition the upsell uh give me one sec so i can see exactly what language i'm using uh one time offer save for the 12 dollars one it's 60 percent on the rest of our albums so it's like a complete the collection one time offer right and there's a countdown timer for 10 minutes so they don't have a whole lot of time to think right and yeah got it Got it. So basically it's a, yeah, it's a, the proposition is complete your collection kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yep. Okay. Seems really effective. And then what happens after that uh, offer? They either take it or they don't. And then what happens? Uh, if they take it, then great. They're sent to a second. Thank you page. Um, oh, one thing I should mention, mm-hmm. uh, both the initial free CD and the upsells include bonus MP3 copies by email. Got it. So this this gives them a reason to pay attention to what they're getting in their email, obviously, because there's front loaded value there. Nice. Um, If they do not take the upsell, then it takes them to a uh, downsell, which is just one more CD for seven dollars. And it's a different album than were included in the other upsells. And it's basically like we only have a few of these left. We're trying to, like, clear out our inventory. So. If you want one of these, get it now, basically. Gotcha. So this is also something, these upsells and downsells are something you're fulfilling through Kanaki as well? Yep. And it's only roughly $1.80 more per CD to add to an order. So the profit margin is very much higher with an upsell than with just the one CD being ordered. Ah, I was, I was going to say, how does that work? So they're only charging you $1.80 for the manufacturing and and because it's under a certain weight, the, the shipping doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Got it. That's that's great to know that they do that. Um, wonderful. So so that so at at we'll call it forty five percent on average, um, making you an additional fifteen dollars. So go sticking with our old math, which I realize is just some rough and quick kind of math. It might be off a few dollars here or there, but that is so. If we had uh, one hundred customers in our math there, where you had lost. Um, Two hundred fifty bucks on this one hundred customers. Now you've brought in an additional um, f- uh, 
50 at $15. So that is $75 more without the downsell. Um, sorry, uh, wait, did I? No, not $75, $750, right? Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so $750. Now you're at a $500 profit on the same exact yep. number of customers. And exactly, now yeah. what's your what's your conversion on the downsell? Conversion on the downsell. That is a good question. I don't know if I've ever looked at that. Hold on. Oh, that's going to be some math. <laughs> right. Can I have like 20 seconds to run this through a calculator? Um, well, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so I don't know what to talk <laughs> about for, for, for 20 seconds while you do that. But um, so anyway, I'll just kind of while you try to figure that out, you know, obviously what I'm wanting to get at is really what this this overall percentage. We're, we're going to start to see something that's probably close to 70 or 75 percent of these customers taking either the upsell or d- downsell. So it's just really. OK, it, sorry. Got it. It's 10 percent. 10 percent. OK, so so we're actually not quite as high as I said. So about but more than half of the people when you add the downsell on the downsell yeah. are, are, are spending. Sorry, are you calculating that? Is that 10% of the 100 customers or is that 10% of the of the people to um, to have passed like, you know, which would effectively double it? Like, wh- what are you basing that on? Uh, that's 10% of anyone who is given the downsell. Uh, the, uh, so if people pass on the upsell, they get right. the downsell and 10% of those. So only. Uh, oh, actually. So it's effectively uh, it's only half of the people in the funnel are. Um, ever seeing that page, you know, it's the half that don't yeah. buy. So how does that affect the the um, overall stats? I can't do that math quick enough to, to calculate that actually. <laughs> yeah. Does that make it does that make it like effectively 20 percent or does it keep it at 10 percent of the whole? I'm not sure. Um, our math is failing. you. so sorry. All you much smarter people that are going, you idiots, <laughs> it's this. But but <laughs> but it's more than half of the people, obviously, uh, are spending additional yeah. uh, money with you, which is just, again, an incredibly important thing to point out, because most people that come my way with no training are just going an upsell. Uh, no, I'm not doing anything. And they're just losing so much money. It is it is mm-hmm. usually the difference between profit and loss on a campaign that upsell. So what happens then? And I got this is such a rabbit hole and I'm already conscious of time. We need to sort of point towards some kind of conclusion, but there is more to say. So so now the initial transaction is done and you mentioned a sort of follow up series that goes out to everyone. What happens next? Mm -hmm. So I have two different email lists, one for people who only take the initial CD and one for people who take the upsell. Everything's the same between the two on the follow up sequence. The only difference is language. Got it. Uh, What I mean by that is I will give them, you know, just the one album's MP3 download. If it's just the one album or if they took the upsell, I'll give them all the albums MP3. Mm -hmm. And then a few days later, coinciding with when I've uploaded everything through Kunaki, they get an automated email saying either your CD has shipped or your CDs, plural, have shipped. Um, And from there, we go into a traditional deep sale funnel. The next day is, hey, blog post of a lifetime. we do some, you know, the standard two blog posts and then the LTO. The LTO is for my membership site in TunePipe. Mm-hmm. I'll do a 50% discount on it. Got it. 
And a surprising number of people will take that even if they haven't gotten their CD in the mail yet. Yeah, that's but interesting. Yeah, so I think you just said this. How long do you wait before running this promo? Uh, so I think they get the MP3 day of, yeah. and then three days pass. And I let them know that the CD has shipped, and then it can take like five days or so from there for them to get it. Mm-hmm. But if I'm like running really late or Kunaki's having problems, because sometimes that'll happen. I remember over the holidays, they were like, yeah, everything's going to be delayed by a week. Right. Uh, obviously, the automation doesn't account for that. But yeah, we still got some people signing up for the membership site before getting the CDs in the mail. But sorry, I- I'm still missing it. And it's probably me, not you. How long before that that promo email for the membership goes out? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I should have clarified that better. Um, it's. I think it would be exactly a week from the day they ordered. Got it. And what prompted you to not time it? Or, or, you know, you are timing it so that the membership email goes out right around a day or two after they get their CD. It's just that sometimes that doesn't work. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, And what kind of conversion rate are you seeing there? And what are you charging for the membership? And tell people a little bit about what a membership is if they don't, you know, how it works in in TunePipe or just conceptually. Yeah. Um, well, normally it would be $10 a month, but for the LTO, it drops down to $5 a month for life. Um, it's basically just Patreon. You have a bunch of behind the scenes stuff, unreleased music, you know, behind the scenes videos, studio montages. Uh, one feature we do in particular that people like because metal is uh, there's a big thing with metal bands and a fear of the band kind of selling out or changing their sound. That's like a problem every metal fan will complain about at some point. Mm-hmm. And so something we do is, hey, if you feel like we're going kind of off the rails, we will offer like polls for people on our membership site. You guys can say, hey, I don't know about this and we'll actually listen to you. Right, right. So Got it. It's just, a, it's just a bunch of like value and community kind of stuff. The same kind of thing you'd expect to see from a Patreon, but we get more of the money because we're using it through TunePipe and Patreon has platform fees that TunePipe doesn't. Yeah, quite quite significant ones. It's quite common. It varies depending on what you're doing, but like it's quite commonly about fifteen percent, isn't it these days? Uh, it could have been as high as twenty percent. Yeah, if I, remember I, th- right. I think it does go up to twenty percent. Um, but I think for the average person, it's around fifteen percent these days. I think it can be less, but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty crazy. Um, and just I think the way you worded that, it's basically Patreon might confuse people. You did just clarify a little bit about there, but you're not sending people to Patreon. You're 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 basically no, no. you've created in TunePipe. It's a membership product and it's tied to password protected um, areas of the website. You create pages, you can set them to members only, you assign them to a membership level, and then you create a product and that product you assign to a membership level. So basically what happens is somebody um, orders that product and then they're prompted to create a username and password and then that gets them instant access to this whole sort of portal within your website where you, that you the the artist can design to look and behave any way you want it to um, you can live stream from in there you can share music you can create a private blog feed you can do anything you ultimately want um, it's just conceptually the offer is similar to a patreon style offer we even have crowdfunding uh, templates, page uh, sales page templates and funnel templates and all these kinds of things that you can sell this from with multiple tiers and everything else. Um, But uh, but yeah, I just want to clarify that this and again, you can set this up outside of TunePipe. Um, You'll just have to usually 
pay some some money or, or go with a Patreon for that matter and, and just pay those fees. But um, you, you, you know, what you're describing is its own sort of in, environment. And you said the price, but I didn't track with that. What was what was your pricing on this? So the default is 10, but for this LTO, we drop it down to five. And if I could chime in, uh, not to, you know, bash Patreon or anything, but one thing I really like about TunePipe is that Patreon doesn't let you do limited time user specific discounts. Right. Right. So it's always the one price, but with TunePipe, there's that scarcity trigger of this is a time sensitive thing. Got it. Got it. And you, you, that's $5 or $10. I thought I heard you say for life, um, or, or is it a recurring? So. Oh yeah, I worded that badly. Basically, yeah, it's it's five dollars a month, uh, just forever. If they take it up within the next three days, it'll always be five. I but see. This is the only time to get that. I see. Yeah, I, I thought you were saying 10. you charge five dollars once and then they got it forever. Um, uh, but okay. And what's your conversion rate on on that offer against against the entire list, not just the people that land on the page? Like if you ha- if you have a yeah. hundred people on your list, how many? And you and some of them, some of them have bought and some of them have not. What percentage of those leads? are ultimately um, taking you up on, I'd assume most are customers, but what percentage of them are, uh, or actually are you only sending this to people who've taken some form of a purchase? Yeah, this automation only goes out to the people in the free for shipping and handling ecosystem. Got it, so what's the conversion on that? I'm trying to think how to math this, because there's three emails, each with a 10% open rate, or 10% click through rate, sorry and then a 50% conversion rate on the sales page. Um, so if they all perform if they all perform the same then 100 people 10% open rate that's 10 that's 10 people um, and then that's five sales. Does that sound right? Yeah. Five sales. Something feels off there but I uh, Oh, I think it's because we can't account for which people who click Oh, oh right, it's the, emails, like it's, the cli- it's the click through right. It's so it's going to be high. Um, right, right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, because you're not getting that. That's a ten percent open rate, not a ten percent click through rate. Do you know what the average click through rate is? Well, no, it is. It, oh. it is a ten percent click through rate. Oh, okay. And so then it the, and, and if you're converting at fifty percent across the board, then that would be five sales. Is, but you're saying that's not right. It could be per. Well, no, I think you're right. Okay. But that would be that would be five sales per email. Uh, no, no, that was no, that was no, that was spread. <laughs> no, you're saying that it's a ten percent open. It's three different emails, but it, oh, oh, I see. I misunderstood you. Yeah. Um, wow, we're three, really getting a thick of math here for people. With a ten percent click through rate, got three different emails for the same. I th- I thought you were saying because you had these different channels, it was three different emails to three different channels. But you mean three different oh. emails? Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So. Um, yes, it is going to be hard to determine because some people are going to open email all three of those emails, but buy once. I see. So yeah, yeah, and you could do that calculation easy enough, but but it sounds like uh, I mean you can do that calculation based on the goal inside of your uh, if if you're using it as a funnel, um, but it's probably not associated with your original funnel. It's probably its own thing. Um, we're getting too in the to the deep, but it sounds like it's going to yeah. be. It would be about, yeah. I I would guess it's probably about three percent based on what you're telling me and what the what the overlap is likely to be on those opens. Is, does that feel right? 
Yeah, probably. Let's let's just let's there. just call it three percent for some sloppy math. Around three percent of those those hundred customers that we first talked about are now spending um, sixty dollars a year. Uh, what's your what's your stick rate on that? Seventy percent. No, no, sorry. How many? How long do they they stick for? You know, how many months on average, or years, or oh. whatever? If if you how do I quickly see that with that's not a that's not a easy thing to calculate actually um you'd have to do some (laughs) calculations on there um but we tend to get a a, a rough idea uh even all these years later i just have a rough stick rate um uh i mean i i have plenty of people whose names i know i've been seeing for over a year so it's it's not bad whatever it is right you can go into your customers though and see how much you've made off of each customer and that will help you get there that's all i'm trying to figure out is what the the customer value is on this funnel so it sounds like you're probably if you're anything like average you're probably making six months out of these people so it's probably another 30 bucks per person at a three percent conversion you know um uh on the on the overall leads uh, or, or customers it's another um nine nine uh, uh what do we say yeah just uh just it'd be if it's 100 customers that's really just about another 90 bucks a year or so is that that why does that not sound right um it should if you're going out to everybody it's it should be more than 90 dollars off of those 100 customers um or maybe not. I don't know. At the very, <laughs> sorry, folks, we're failing you on this math. I, wa- <laughs> I wanted to have a more solid number, but it, it, yeah, it sounds like it's only another, um, you know, roughly hundred bucks a year. Um, but hey, it bump, it moves the needle. Um, in my experience, though, those recurring programs um, are tremendous ways of of generating quite a lot of guaranteed, you know, money. There, I personally like the annual model rather than the monthly model. Um, I'm guessing you're going to tell me you tested it, but um, and, and I'm sure you get more people taking you up on it when it's just five dollars a month to try it. But then you get that drop off when they don't engage with it every month. I like the annual fee of say 30 bucks a year or 60 bucks a year or whatever you want to push that to um where where you know i kind of like the like 50 percent discount if you buy by the year and it's 30 bucks and the thing that happens is a person doesn't engage with it every month but if you can motivate them with an email to engage to log in just a couple of times a year when that rebuild comes around they're like oh yeah i've used it a few times this year and it's supporting that artist so i'll stick with it and you get this you know, three year stick rate as opposed to a three month stick rate or six month stick rate or something like making, making you more money in the long run. Um, And when we have that, we'll get a much more consistent idea of our drop off at that point, because there are only, there are so many fewer drop off points. Um, And we can push towards that goal of having a thousand members paying us $30 a year. So we have some, and if we calculate some, I don't know, make up a number, 10% drop off rate, you know, we, we, we then know like, you know, we've got this $27,000 that's going to come in um, more or less um, for sure each and every year. And there's our recording budget or our tour budget or whatever it is that we need. So I, I, I love the memberships and, and, I think you can probably make more out of yours, to be honest, if 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 it's only an additional hundred bucks coming from that um, funnel. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it. Um, 
looks like a oh i see what's going on here yeah i i'll have to get back to you with the total conversion rate here because i'm looking at the data in TunePipe, like in my uh products sold section and mm -hmm. it's it's showing every reorder like for the the repurchase right. so i can't see just the initial purchase sure sure yeah you can go you can go and sort probably your customers by um that uh, that membership product tag and then sort of see customer value or something like that but we're, we we need to we need to stop doing this to people we've been yeah, yeah. using numbers for far too many minutes speaking of which <laughs> i think i think we need to kind of wrap up um is there anything sure. else you kind of want to i guess just talk about when it comes to free for shipping and handling funnels or the impact they've had on your your career or you know what what advice do you have for other musicians who are interested in this approach any warnings um well one thing i would say and this is just me um, i would not attempt this if you have fewer than three albums to sell hmm. because i could not imagine doing this without at least that 12 dollar bump on the two cds right uh, and inversely, if you have more than I do, if you could put like a five CD upsell offer, at least test that and sure. see if having even more money coming in would help. Sure. Cool. Um, yeah, um, it's it's made a huge difference for me because, you know, again, I, I was doing well with the deep sales strategy before this. But like this has just been a massive increase in revenue and I'm still using deep sale in places uh, I actually feel like they synergize really well. What I'll do right. is I will retarget people who abandon card. You know, if, if they're in like they visited this page but did not complete a purchase event, I'll retarget them and try to get them into the deep sale funnel. Yeah, totally. So it it, it can combine really effectively as well. Totally. That's that's effectively what I what I teach is yeah, exactly. Follow up with the deep sale funnel to all the people who abandon card. I mean with some slight modifications for language, but that makes lots of sense to me. Um, all right. Um, thank you, Kevin, for sharing uh, your your story again and, you know, some tips for everybody. Um, uh, I hope we didn't get too marketing geek there uh, for people. So I don't know if you saw there was some nice words from a variety. They named the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast as uh, one of the top 10 uh, music business or whatever podcasts of, of last year. And that was sort of how they described it is like you were a fly on the wall in a marketing meeting is a sort of very kind of comfortable approach or whatever. And uh, I think that's accurate. And I think that's what we've had here is as um, just sort of pulling that curtain back and and allowing listeners to be sort of that fly on the wall in a marketing meeting of sorts. And, and I hope I hope it came off that way to listeners and um, that everyone got a lot out of it. I know, you know, even I do, you know, it's so fascinating to hear all these different stories and um, different results that people get and how they get there, the little nuances and, um, of their split testing and uh, the different results that people get with slightly different approaches. It's really great. So thank you, Kevin. Yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, and how can people find you if they want to learn more about your band, maybe sign up uh, and and uh, either support you and maybe buy some music or check out what you're doing. Yeah, they can head over to muteprofitband.com or muteprofitmusic.com. They redirect into each other. So. Gotcha. Muteprofitband.com. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Yep. Thank you again.
All right, that was Kevin uh, Getz from Mute Profit. So um, again, if anyone's listening and you want to support Kevin as your way of saying thank you for uh, the uh, the time he took and the information he shared, which uh, I can definitely tell you a lot of musicians who are doing well with this stuff are not interested in sharing, then uh, head on over to muteprofitband.com and maybe consider picking up uh, his band's CD. And you can go through the whole process and see everything that he just talked about uh, in, in context. Actually, you might have to get exposed to one of his ads in order to do that. I don't know if they have the free for shipping and handling offer there on the site or not, but you can still pick up a CD and, and see what his band is up to um, while you're at it. Um, all right. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this uh, lesson. If you did, please head on over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. Those things help. Um, or just, you know, drop me a line and tell me you enjoyed the lesson. If you want to learn more about TunePipe, which we talked about um, quite a bit in this uh, I keep calling it a lesson this episode. Head on over to tunepipe.com and you can try it free for 14 days and you can build yourself a free for shipping and handling offer uh, in, you know, a fraction of the time that it would take you to do it with, I dared to say, any other platform in the world. All right. Thanks for listening and take care. Thanks for listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how you can market your music using the direct-to-fan strategies discussed on this show, then head on over to musicmarketingmanifesto.com and sign up for your free copy of the Music Marketing Blueprint. Once again, that's musicmarketingmanifesto.com.